I have two questions I want you and I to work through together straight away in today's show because the answer to both of these questions is going to determine whether I am a 100% straight male or whether or not I am a 100% gay man masquerading in the body of a straight man. And the answer to these questions are going to be incredibly helpful in enabling us to untangle that question. We're going to just plow ahead and, and we're just going to get straight into it. And also in today's episode, I have I have some gems for you this week. As you know, well, you may not know this, but I used to work in radio, like as for as long as I can remember in my early 20s, I desperately wanted to work in radio and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I eventually got my break in commercial radio, but it dawned on me this week that in 35 episodes, 36, if you count this one, I've not ever played you a clip from when I worked in radio. And today I will be addressing that by playing you a clip from my when I was coming up in radio, basically, when I used to work in online radio, community radio, and I'm going to play you a clip that I look back on now, and there is absolutely no way that clip and that feature that I created with my co-host, Danielle, there's no way that feature could be, would happen in 2020. There's just no way. I look back on it now, and it was in 2003 that Danny and I used to present a breakfast show. One of the features that we did, I look back on it now, and I cringe because it's just morally and socially very questionable. I look back on it now and I cringe and I also have enormous pride because the feature was popular and we lived in different times in 2003. So arguably it had merit back then, but nowadays I'd be locked up. So I'm going to play that clip for you in a bit and I'll explain why that is pertinent to what I'm going to be talking about. Additionally, I will be introducing you to one of my new favorite humans. She's a psychologist at least she's a graduate in psychology, currently studying a master's, and she's 23. She lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she just does not give two fucks. <laughs> you know how sometimes you just connect with people because there's a part of their character that you have, and it, you just find it so refreshing, especially in a day of everybody trying to placate themselves to everybody else and everybody trying to be liked and everybody trying to be safe and not saying anything that's too on the edge. She just doesn't give two fucks, but not giving two fucks in of itself isn't admirable if you're a dickhead and you don't have any skill or you're not adept in what you're talking about. But she has all of the above. She's like, she's so articulate. She's so knowledgeable on psychology. She's so bright. She almost makes me wish I could go back to when I was 23 and just slap myself in the face because I wasn't anywhere near as emotionally astute or aware or intelligent as she is. So when you combine that awareness, intelligence and how astute she is, but she still doesn't give two fucks and she says things which are seemingly incongruent with what another psychology grad would say I'm all about her so I'll be sharing her with you in a bit but first how are you let me have a sip of beer because that was Jesus Christ that was a lengthy intro <laughs> yep we're back on the beer so hang on sip yep still fizzy now the fact it's still fizzy is 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 very critical, but let me just crack on with these two questions that I wanted to ask you. P.S. How are you? <laughs> I get so excited about just chatting with you that I often forget my manners. So I'll pretend to care. How are you? <laughs> I hope I find you well. But if I don't, there's literally nothing I can do about it, thus rendering the question somewhat unnecessary, redundant, and fake. <laughs> I, I genuinely am interested because you guys have been delightful with your feedback this week on the podcast. So I'm not going to read the comments per se, but I just want you to know that I read everything you send and I'm incredibly grateful. And as I mentioned on Instagram this week, out of the last 35 episodes, your generosity has pulled me through about 12 and I'm like, I can't be asked. Like if it wasn't for your direct messages or your tweets, which makes me realize that you do 
have a degree of anticipation and you look forward to these episodes and you enjoy them. I guarantee that helps me be asked to produce them. Thus, continue telling me I'm awesome. Thank you. Right. Okay. Question. I just tweeted. I just tweeted. uh, Let me find my tweet because this is the tweet that I want you to help me establish whether or not this is a compatible tweet with a straight male. I tweeted a picture, go onto my Twitter and you'll find it. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, because you might be listening to this in 2023, because you've just discovered me like three years after I've released this episode. So this was released on Thursday, the 24th of September, 2020, which is when I'm recording this. And I basically uploaded a picture of a woman, you can't see her face because it's one of those stylistically cool shot images. All you can see is her entire body and it's cut off at her chin. And she's wearing these blue fitted, it looks like linen, but maybe not, pastel blue linen fitted trousers that are fitted to the ankle. She's wearing some, I don't know what you'd call that, like flesh colored heels maybe. And she's got a matching blazer jacket which is like a three-quarter length so it goes down beyond the length of a normal jacket to maybe like five or six inches above her knee so it's one of those three-quarter length jackets that too is fitted and she has like I don't know what you call them because I'm remember I'm straight so I probably shouldn't know what you call them but it looks like a bra top underneath but it's not a bra top it is like a full bra top so long and short, it's a, it's an immense outfit. For as long as I can remember, I've always, always enjoyed a well-turned-out woman. And I've always, like, when, when, when they have a certain look and a certain dexterity in the way they've assembled themselves, I've always appreciated it for as long as I can remember. So I was on Pinterest, which is my current addiction at the moment. So I put my content, my interviews and everything on Pinterest with links to where they are on my website now. So I was on Pinterest... And this shot just came up and I saw it and I was like, "That she is dressed impeccably. And it annoyed me because men don't have the same options as you women. You have so many more options than us. And for as long as I can remember, once again, we're going back many, many decades. I've always been aware of the fact that dudes have trousers, have jeans, and that's it. We're done at trousers and jeans. Meanwhile, you have infinitely many more options than that. So what I've written in this tweet, right? I've written in this tweet... Is it possible to be a straight man, but be open to being a woman for seven days? You women, what I actually put is you lot. I put you, (laughs) you lot have so many more dynamic outfit options than men. And I'm fucking sick of this inequality. NB, I may or may not discuss this in my next episode. Signed. Straight, angry man, UK. So that's not important. But what I'm curious is, because this isn't something, this isn't, and this is probably the first time I've publicly mentioned this, but it's a question that I've always, always ruminated over. Like, firstly, with you women, and I say you women, because it's seemingly more women listen to this podcast than dudes, or at least maybe it's equal, but dudes never send me anything. But it's mostly women that send me stuff, not pictures of their stuff. I mean, like, messages and tweets and stuff so you lot you just have more options than us and for as long as I can remember it I keep using that term for as long as I can remember it's true like you just have more options and I don't appreciate that (laughs) so my question for you by the way is twofold one is it okay to be straight whilst simultaneously be open to the idea of being a woman for seven days just to broaden my wardrobe options <laughs> can you hold those two thoughts simultaneously can you be straight and think being a woman for seven days just to rock out on some epic gear i'm down for that genuine question can you be straight and have that thought because i'm straight but that isn't necessarily a thought of the majority of straight men. My second question is, if you concede that, yeah, you can be straight and think that, of course you can, but now do you find me infinitely less attractive? Now you're probably thinking, hang on a minute, who told this dickhead I found him? What? Who is this guy? 
dude, I would rather, I'd rather shag a milk bottle than you seek. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that you did find me attractive. What I'm saying is, would you find, imagine a man you do find attractive, right? Preferably, that would be me. But imagine someone that you do find attractive, right? If you suddenly learn that he would be okay to... He would be okay with being a woman for seven days just to rock out and... Like, would you... I'm not even going to ask the question because the answer should be yes. I'm saying the question and I'm thinking the answer is yes. So think about the dude that you find really attractive. Would you be put off even a fraction if he said, you know what, I'd spend seven days as a woman. I don't think there's any woman listening to this right now. I'm going to wager... No woman listening to this right now said no to that question. You all said, yeah, that is a bit fucking weird, CK. I, 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 yeah. I, I definitely perceive his penis a little bit differently. In my head, that isn't what you want from your dude. You want him to be rolling around in the muck and, and collecting wood to make fires. You don't want him to be, you don't want him to be, you don't want him to be masturbating over the thought of leggings. <laughs> But there's a little bit of me hoping at least one woman's out there that's open-minded and cool enough to be thinking, yeah, it won't it won't turn me off him at all. Why not? At least he's at least at least he's honest. He's pathetic, but at least he's honest. <laughs> Genuine question: what, what would it turn you off? And the other question about is it is it possible for me to be straight and to think I. I, I I could spend seven days as a woman just to have more wardrobe options. Because I've always thought that. Always thought it. What I mean, what choices do I have as a man? I've got trousers, I've got jeans, and I push shorts. I try not to indulge in shorts because nobody needs to see my legs. But trousers, jeans, shorts. Women, in comparison, have trousers, jeans, shorts as well. I mean, there's literally, can we have something to ourselves, please? You have trousers, you have jeans, you have shorts, if you wish. Additionally, you have skirts, dresses, leggings, jumpsuits, hot pants. Like, the list goes on, even within those categories. How many different kinds of skirts are there? How many different kind of dresses are there? Maxi dress. How many kinds of leggings? Can I just say jumpsuits on women? I 100% approve, by the way. <laughs> As long as she doesn't look like someone from the village, people. I'm all right with jumpsuits. But you see my point. Like, you have so many more options, and that's just the bottom half. I'm not even going to start on the top half, because it's T-shirts and we're out. <laughs> what do we have? T-shirts, polo shirts, jumper. That's it. I'm not even going to dignify the list of what you women have in the top half of your body. But I just, I just think we need to just... Look, the thing is, historically, right... Women have been the oppressed sex. I get it, right? And I appreciate the psychological, societal, financial, and professional weight that being oppressed for centuries. I get it, right? But what about us? We too are oppressed. Can we just bear that in mind, right? Have, have you women... <laughs> have you ever wondered how it feels waking up every morning... And being so limited in our attire options. I've, I, as I've said, I've got jeans and I've got... I've literally... That's all I've got. I've only got jeans. I've got... So, ooh, combat trousers. Go me. I've got some combat trousers. But so, guess what? So fucking of women. There's nothing that dudes can wear in the bottom half that's just for us. Nothing is just for us. You have to get your sticky mitts involved. Oh, I like them. Oh, I like them cargo trousers. Can I? Sometimes you'll even wear ours. Dudes, how many men listening to this have girlfriends or wives that wear your shit? Because it makes me feel close to you. Piss off! <laughs> makes me feel close. I like smelling you. Fucking smelling you. I like, I like smelling you. It makes me feel close. It makes me feel close. There's no, Just keep your mitts off our shit. You've got infinite options. Go and like the smell of those. so frustrating and and you know you, you you've spent years articulating your corners the the sexual 
inequalities. You're always banging on about your votes. You're always banging on about your salaries. It's all me, me, me with you, isn't it? I, just all I, what about my cargo trousers? What about my, what about my cargo trousers? I, next time a woman tells me about the vote, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask her about my cargo trousers and she'll say which cargo trousers. The one that my fucking girlfriend took three years ago and I've not seen since. <laughs> I've not seen him since. Oh, it bugs me. So women, the next time, right? The next time that you're out and someone shouts something at you, I don't know, maybe tells you that you look, it may be wolf whistles. I don't know. Maybe, maybe wolf whistles, maybe even goes a little bit too far. And he maybe even smacks your ass, right? What I want you to do is think about what he's going through to have taken him to the point where he's slapping your ass. Think about, think about the oppression that he has had to tolerate to get him to a point where the only way he can release his oppression is just by slapping that out. I mean, just, just, just think about someone else apart from yourself for a second. That's, that's literally what I'm asking, right? Your ass, that might be the one bit of variety seen all day. Cause he's not seen any variety in his wardrobe. He's just seen jeans. Staring. <laughs> he's seen jeans staring back at him. And then you walk past and he's like, Jesus Christ, something new. I don't know if anybody has ever made that argument before and I don't know that anybody ever will again, but that suits me. So what were the questions again? Can I appreciate female attire and be straight? And can I be open to wearing them for seven days and be straight? And do you, would you women find a dude that you were previously attracted to? Would you find him a fraction less attractive if it transpired that he's open to the idea of a frock. <laughs> Not open to a frock, but I can appreciate an impressive frock. Have I ever told you that I'm all right with shopping with a girlfriend? I, I don't, I, I've historically quite liked it because traditionally I think men aren't supposed to be open to like shopping with their, with their girlfriend, are they? But I've always enjoyed it. Always, I've always enjoyed it. And I don't know how normal that is. I can't decide if right now I'm I'm presenting myself as the ideal man or the the epitome of sad. I don't know. There's another question for you. Ideal or epitome? That's that's all I need from you. Ideal or epitome? <laughs> wow. Such was that diatribe that I've actually lost my I've, I've lost my place. I've got no idea what I have to talk to you about next because I do now operate this podcast with a running order because I oh because I know I get lost. I by the way, one question regarding last week's episode, episode thirty-five. Who the hell do I think I am? I look. I'm I'm going to be open with this. Many very few people admit this, and I've never quite understood why. Like, I listen back to every single episode that I put out for you. Every single one of them. I've always done that. Even when I worked in radio, I always listen back to my shows. Why? Because I want to be better. And I want to be mindful if I'm releasing shit. So if I'm thinking, why were you talking about frocks for so long? Don't ever do that again. Like, I won't know if I don't listen to it back. So I have a theory that when people say they don't listen to their stuff back or they don't watch it, I think it's actual bullshit. Especially when it's people who are on top of their game. So I don't know how you can be on top of your game and be so cavalier about not wanting to get better. It seems weird to me. It seems almost counterintuitive. So I always listen back to my um, episodes and I was listening back to episode 35 and I, I almost nodded off about halfway through. I was like, who is this dickhead? Like, what's he even talking about? So I, I have no idea why I think a 59 minute podcast is acceptable, but I don't. And... I will be endeavouring to make this episode significantly shorter. I think 45 minutes is where I is where I should be. Nobody needs more than 45 minutes of me. And the last few have been significantly more. So I don't know who I think I am regarding episode 35. I might even go in and change the title to what the fuck is this? But uh, it is what it is. Right, listen, I want to talk to you about an old radio show that I used to present. But before I get on to talking to you about that, I want to share with you what actually made me remember that show because I was listening to a podcast recently. It's called, what's it called again? I think it's called The Gur in Girl. Really smart title. I 100% approve. And 
Is it called The Goering Girl? I think it's called The Goering Girl. Yes, The Goering Girl. Ger spelt G-R-R. And it's a podcast about women, what it means to be a woman, and sometimes it explores the difficulties and challenges and sometimes inequality that they face. It's not necessarily as heavy as I've just made it sound, but I just stumbled across one episode on Twitter and the presenter is talking to a... Let's have a look. In this episode, I chat to broadcast journalist Charlotte Downs about the about her work in raid in the sorry about her work in the radio industry we reminisce about our time working in traffic as reporters and discuss the gender divide in radio now the reason i've decided i'm going to play a little clip for you now if i can find my speakers so i'm going to play a little clip for you now and it was really interesting to me because Charlotte Downs, as I just said, is a travel reporter and she's been working in radio for a few years. And she says something which I found deeply refreshing, really refreshing. And basically the presenter asks Charlotte, in fact, I'll just play what the presenter asks Charlotte because her response brought me joy. Let me just play this for you now. And something I noticed recently when I was thinking about it was that if there is a female presenter on the show, it's often like sort of a sidekick kind of role. You know, it might be like a male-led show. It'll be like, you know, the John Smith show or whatever. And, yeah. and then there's like sidekick Sally. That's really cheesy, but that's what just came into my head. Um, how How does that kind of make you feel when you see... I know that's not always the case, but when you do see that and you see women sort of being sidelined a little bit. So before I play you Charlotte's response, I just want to give you a little bit of context, if I can actually find the context that I'm trying to find you. So that was the presenter who is called Emma Tinson. And Emma is a broadcast journalist working in radio as well. And she's just posed a question to Charlotte about whether or not the classic or traditional dynamic on air with the male presenter and the female sidekick being like some meek, giggly sidekick annoys her. And and by the way, historically, that's been a dynamic that's always annoyed me and I actively avoided when I had a female co-host. More on that in a bit. But I wanted to share with you Charlotte's response, which um, was interesting. I know that's not always the case, but when you do see that and you see women sort of being sidelined a little bit. I think, honestly, for me, a little bit of positive discrimination, I think it's working as an advantage. Like, I think the reason we um, got on so well doing the travel is because it sounds better if a male presenter throws to a female voice. So stations that have a lot of male presenters will want female voices doing the news, doing the travel. So I kind of think it's it's not an ideal situation, but at the moment it's playing into my hands and I'm, you know, not going to complain too much. <laughs> now to you, you're probably thinking, why have you just made me listen to that? But I instantly thought, holy fuck, this, this woman is like speaking out and it's like, well, listen, positive discrimination right now is working for me. I ain't going to whinge. And I found that really refreshing. And I was like, holy shit, you don't hear that often usually, especially nowadays. I'm not going to use the term woke culture because in all honesty, I'm not a fan. Um, I think the word woke has connotations which are negative, but for the most part, I think a culture of equality and understand i i would rather have a culture of equality and understanding actually but i i do sometimes wonder whether there is a culture of overcorrecting let's put it that way but in this instance i just quite like the fact that charlotte ultimately says well it works for me so it's paying my mortgage i don't give a fuck <laughs> it's very refreshing and then later on in the episode Emma asks Charlotte about whether she ever encounters her male colleagues making comments often 
thinly veiled compliments about the way she looks and then trying to retract it, realising they shouldn't be making comments about the way a woman looks. And once again, Charlotte's response was refreshing and not necessarily predictable. Have a listen. Um, and I just, I take it in the spirit it's intended. They wanted to say something nice. They're not being creepy or inappropriate. And it just shows that awareness that attitudes have changed and they know that the way men and women used to interact in the workplace isn't necessarily the same now and you know bless them they stumble a little bit when they do it but I sort of appreciate the fact that they're respecting that I might want it to be noticed that I'm making an effort with my outfits and my hair but also I might not want them commenting on it it's I haven't explained that very well, have I? But <laughs> As I was just playing that audio to you, I, I would genuinely <laughs> never underestimate how many thoughts I have at any given time during this podcast. I don't know if it's ADHD, hopefully not. But as I was playing that audio, I thought, well, hang on a minute, why are you playing this again? What has this even got to do with anything? And I don't know that it has anything to do with anything, but I hope at the very least what, and I am speaking directly to you, fellas, now, I hope that Charlotte's response to that at the very least reminds us that actually women are okay with being recognised for looking nice and us overtly citing that. Now, you might be thinking, I knew that anyway, dickhead. I didn't need you to just bore me for two minutes. I don't know. But I heard when I listened to that little section in the interview and I heard Charlotte say that, I was like, we just don't hear that much Nowadays, we very seldom hear a woman say, I want to be looked at as attractive, desirable, well presented. I'm all all right with that. We, we, they, it is said, I get it, it's said, but I would argue that there's a significantly higher cacophony of stop, look, stop objectifying me, dickhead. Stop objectifying me. And by the way, I don't think we should be objectifying anybody, but interestingly a compliment regarding your appearance has seemingly become an objectifying remark and I don't necessarily know that it always is and I just appreciate the fact that Charlotte actually just reminded us that no I, I want to be appreciated for the effort that I've put into my hair I want to be appreciated for the effort I've put into my appearance I want to be appreciated for the effort I've put into my Wardrobe choices, CK. Thanks for the trousers. <laughs> I just appreciated that. And if you want to check out this episode, as I said, all you need to do is type into your favorite podcast listening device, Gur for Girl, um, G R R for Girl, I think it's called. Let me just double check that now. Uh, the Gur in Girl, yes. The Gur, G-R-R in Girl. And that was episode nine with Charlotte Downs. And the entire episode is only 31 minutes. Seemingly, Emma isn't as self-absorbed as me. And she releases 30-minute episodes. <laughs> I wanted to share that with you because it, it was just an interesting little thing that I listened to this week. And I am curious as to whether or not... Here's a question for you, fellas. Did you listen to Charlotte say that and did it feel a little bit novel to you? Did it feel a little bit, oh yeah, actually, that's 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 right. Like we all, this isn't exclusive to women. We all want to be perceived and looked at as nice, desirable, attractive, well-presented. Do we not? Do we not all want that? And has that almost, has that almost faded? Has that, been drowned out by, as I said, the the overcorrecting. Has the overcorrecting almost made us forget that fundamentally we all actually do want to be appreciated and looked at as as well presented, well put together, attractive, desirable? Do we all want to be those things? And I'll ask again, because for some reason in this episode I've been repeating myself shitloads. Did what Charlotte say make you think, oh that's that's when I've not heard that in a while, yeah. Did it remind you of anything? Or Option C, if I just bore the shit out of you. I don't know. Send me a direct message, send me a tweet. And now I can make my actual point is that listening to that reminded me immediately when I used to present 
a breakfast show with Danny back in 2002. I, I, I found my old cassettes this week and I was stunned how long ago it was that I presented that breakfast show with Danny. It was one of my first ever amateur gigs. And to this day, I look back on it with nothing but fondness, presenting that breakfast show for about three years. And I'll give you a little bit of a backstory how Danny and I met because I find it cute. You might find it boring, but I was presenting the breakfast show on my own for months. And the show after me would change. I was presenting the breakfast show and I was always presenting the breakfast show, but sometimes the show after me would change. One day it would be Bob, next day it might be Sally. I don't know. So one day, Danny strolls in, 17-year-old little pipsqueak, which is what I still call her to this day, although she's like 36 now. So Danny strolled in, 16-year-old little pipsqueak, and I said hello. Um, I was about to leave and she just said, oh shit, what's up? I've not brought any of my cassettes. Guys, this is 2003. So no, not cassettes. I've not brought any CDs. So it was all about CDs. And I'm like, what do you mean you've not brought any CDs? I forgot on my own. She could be a bit of a scatterbrain, bless her. So I had to sit through her entire hour show because I said, well, do you want to lend borrow mine? So I lent her my CDs and she ended up doing the show with my music. I was just there and we just got on straight away. So fast forward a number of weeks and she's now presenting the breakfast show with me because we got on and she was cool. And she was a 16 year old black belt in karate, despite the fact she can't remember her CDs. That's a very interesting blend of character traits to me. Um, (laughs) So Dan and I got on and we presented the breakfast show for three years. We became like besties. She was like my little sister. I loved her to death. And my question is this, right? There was a feature that I did on the show and I don't understand how her parents (laughs) thought it was okay. And I'm not saying that in a demeaning way because her parents loved me and I, and her parents were awesome all the times I met her, but but they were okay with this feature before they even met me. And if I was in their position, I would have had questions to ask. So the feature was called CK's Nuts. And what would basically happen is every week, I would bring in like a bag of nuts and mixed nuts. Danny would grab one of the nuts out of the bag and she would describe she would describe the nut by putting it in her mouth and describing how it tastes, how it feels, the texture, etc, etc. Now, to the listener, that's a very seductive, well, that's a very like compelling proposition because you can't see the nut. You can only go on the sound it makes when she crunches it. Because if you think about it, crunching a walnut on the radio sounds significantly different to crunching a Brazil nut, right? The latter is a loud crunch. The former is a soft mush. So all the listener had to go on to understand which one of CK's nuts Danny's got in the mouth. You're beginning to realise why this was a bit, little bit questionable. The only way they knew which one of CK's nuts Danny had in her mouth was by description and in sound. So it's like... <laughs> now, I'm going to play you a clip from the audio because listening to it now in 2020 compared to 20 and 2003 there's we've just moved on <laughs> and i don't know it would be allowed and it was great like it was popular like people loved the feature but more critically her fucking parents loved the feature like her mum would ring in and guess <laughs> right okay i'm gonna play you a little clip from the show, please be be mindful. This was 2003. The audio might sound a little bit wobbly because this is just like an audio that I uploaded to Facebook years ago. And I'm playing the audio through my computer into my microphone now. So this basic audio has gone through like three bits of shitty compression. So I just want to give you some forethought. I'm going to apologize for Danny because she's like 17. So she sounds really young and she's she's from Yorkshire. She's from Sheffield. So she's got a horrible Yorkshire accent. I'll apologize in advance. I sound like 17 years younger because guess what I was. Anyway, this is CK and Princess Danny at breakfast. As the jingle tells you. CK and Princess Danny have breakfast exclusive to Live FM. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my wheel, the floor of three. We've got the news from the Northern Media School team coming up for you in about nine minutes' time. But first, we've got to do a reminder of CK's nuts. It's the part of the breakfast show when Danny grabs hold of one of my nuts and describes the appearance. She then puts it in her mouth and describes the taste and texture. 
Can I just re- just, I don't know how shit this audio is, but in case you didn't hear that, I just said, Danny's going to grab hold of one of my nuts. She's going to put it in her mouth and describe how it tastes. And I was saying this on the radio and Danny was, Danny wasn't only a willing participant. Danny was, um, Danny was a machine. She did not give two fucks. She loved the feature. Like, anyway, so let's carry on. <laughs> yeah, CK, your nut's grown. What, in the space of 20 minutes? Yeah, it's grown. It's a big nut now. Oh. Yeah, and um, I'm stroking it. Right. And it is quite smooth, but if you don't stroke it in the correct way, and you stroke it in the opposite way, where the where the, like, the wrinkles go, then it's really rough. Listen, da- Danny, have you seen what you've just done to our technical guy? What? It's just <laughs> Our technical guy, Nils, is just walking around the learning area of the Live FM studios and he's just horrified. He's just turned his back on us and he's walked away. And it coincided exactly with when Danny started stroking my nuts. <laughs> Unforgivable. Right, that's enough. So basically we had a technical we had a we called him technical guy and he was the he was almost the producer and the engineer of the show. He made sure everything worked, which whenever Danny and I were around, it very seldom did. But he made sure everything worked properly. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday, but it was 17 years ago when Danny was talking about my nuts growing. He just turned around and walked away. <laughs> it's like, but everybody was, everybody loved the feature. Everyone on the team loved the feature. Again, Danny's mum and dad loved the feature. Her mum would ring in and guess the nut. And I guess the only reason I'm talking about this is twofold. One, when I was listening to the Gert and Girl podcast and they were talking about how radio was evolving or not in some cases, it reminded me when I worked in radio and Dan, I remember, because the thing about the the podcast that I just played for you, when Emma was talking about how sidekicks are often made out to be like some meek, giggly pathetic little thing i remember saying to danny when we started the show i don't want you to be that person like this is our show this isn't my show i want you to do as many of the links as me i want you to talk about the music like i don't want that dynamic now that might seem somewhat contradicted by that feature but not at all like danny wrote the show with me so it was I don't know. I was just reminiscing back and I had such fond memories, but I remember thinking, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like this wasn't commercial proper radio. This was online radio. And sometimes it hadn't a, like a short term FM license and we'd do it there. But in 2020, <laughs> in 2020, that feature just wouldn't fly even on a, 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 a amateur level or would it fly? Like what were you, when I was playing that audio, what were your thoughts? You're like, what the fuck? Because her mum and dad weren't. And this comes back. This is connected directly to what I was saying about we've moved on. I don't know, however, if we've moved on to the point where we've lost a sense of humour. I I hope you didn't just hear that burp. I don't know if there is any sense of humour that could justify that feature. I don't know. I mean, is it just a bit of fun? Is it just a little bit of fun? What's that What's that term where you say one thing, but it can mean something else? Is it double entendre or something? Is it that? Or is it just completely out of line? You have so many questions today and I demand answers to all of them. So CK's nuts, acceptable in 2020? Yes or no? CK's nuts, acceptable in 2003? Yes or no? Dan was 18. Well, I met when she was 17, and I think she might have been in the late 17s when we did that feature, but mostly, because we did it for about three years, mostly she was 18 and I was 23, I think. Does that does that add anything to proceedings? Bearing in mind, like, Dan and I were besties, so there was no, like, dodginess going on. She was, like, just my best mate. And, like, but I don't know, like... I sent her a message yesterday actually to ask her how old were we when we did that because this is weird (laughs) Um, but yeah it reminded me I miss my little mate Um, she was a badass though to be fair I think she used to bang people out as well like when she'd go out because she was like ridiculously cute so um, if like some bloke was coming on to and she wasn't interested she'd just knock him out cold black belt karate mate (laughs) what an absolute hero she was anyway so 
I wanted to play CK's notes with you, give you give you an insight into the genesis of my journey in content. I suppose I yeah look I, I, yeah in the early days of radio it's made me so happy but times have changed and that leads me on to my final point because we're getting perilously close to the 45 minute mark on this episode i've enjoyed it though i'm gonna have a sip i've enjoyed this episode enormously i wonder if you are familiar well i know for a fact you won't be unless you've seen me tweeting about it recently but i want to talk about finally Someone called Rochelle, who has a podcast that I've recently discovered, and it's called the Psychology Talks podcast. And how did I discover it? That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But I discovered it this week, and I'm fully on board. And I'd be fascinated for you to give it a listen to and let me know what you think. As you know, I'm a huge fan of psychology. I love it. And I, Rochelle, I think it's Rochelle. Yes, Rochelle. Let's just go with Rochelle until she tells me any different. R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. And she is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is a graduate in psychology, currently studying her master's in psychology. She's 23. And she's super bright, super aware, super emotionally intelligent. But equally, when you underscore that with a potty mouth and she doesn't give two fucks, it is an absolute delight to watch. And a lot of what she's been talking about in her podcast has been, it's really been swilling around in my head over the last seven days. And one episode is called Why Nice Guys Actually Finish Last. So Why Nice Guys Actually Finish Last. It's, I think it's like, yes, yeah, 35 minutes this episode. All of her episodes are very bite-sized. And... I'm just going to play a little clip from it now to give you an insight into why I was like, she just, she, the only way I can explain, it, you know how so, she doesn't saying she's in this episode. I don't know that she's saying anything new per se, but you know how sometimes someone will say something in a manner that you connect to. So then it just gets embedded a little bit deeper than if someone's saying it in a very hair, like lofty dickhead way. That's how it is for me. She's kind of speaking in my language and it just makes sense. So let me just play a little clip. I think it's on. Oh, available. I want you to acquit niceness. That's why I always, I never use the word nice ever in my day-to-day life. I always say the word kind. Kindness is so sexy. But the thing is, I want you to equate the word nice with availability. If you're so nice to the point that you're not being kind because you want to be sincere, you're only being nice because you want other people to like you. It's like people can see, people can see right through that and therefore your value of niceness goes down and goes down and goes down. It, it genuinely has no value anymore. And I know that that fucking sucks. And I will be the first one to say that. Like it, and no one wants to say that out loud, but it's true. And I, I just, I wish that our society didn't act this way or didn't think this way. And it makes me sad to say these things out loud because I don't want us to be rewarded for treating people badly or for doing bad things. But again, life is a game. It's, it's a, an interesting way to put it and it's subjective, but in a lot of ways it is factual. It's just an example of how it works. It's like some things work and some things don't. And the more that we want to cry about it and the more we want to sit in our room and be like, everyone's out to get me. Everyone hates me and be really sensitive about it. Like that doesn't help. That doesn't help yourself and that doesn't help anybody. So I just want people to remain aware of the truth so that we can use it to our own advantage rather than painting this picture of, oh, well, it's 2020. Everything can change. Biology can change. No, there are some things that remain true and will always remain true within humans forever till the end of time. If you want to keep yourself sh- like shielded and hidden from it, hidden, excuse me, from it, then that's your choice. But you can also use, the- use this in an advantageous way so that you can win, so to speak. You can win the game for yourself to be happy and to be comfortable in this society. And so that's just, that's just the way that it is. You know, your niceness, that is again, not kindness, but your niceness and equating that with doing things for the sole purpose of other people liking you or other people giving you, you know, attention or being desperate for their attention, et cetera, et cetera, that is going to have no value. 
it's going to have no value because that's the way that people are going to perceive you. They know what they're going to get every time they talk to you. Every time they talk to you, they know that you're going to suck, you know, kiss their ass, suck up to them and be a pussy basically. And our, our society is not attracted to pussies. <laughs> that's the way that it is. Um, oh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Forgive me if this is crass, but the minute she said society is not attracted to pussies, I was like, okay, I can, okay. I, I imagine I would get on with this woman. I could share a drink with this woman and just talk forever because how, how likely is it that a psychology graduate who is also studying to become a professional counselor. How many 23 year olds can you, do you, do you not think it's unimaginable that a tw an ambitious 23 year old who wants to get a great professional gig would launch her own podcast, given how bright she is, given her ambition, given her knowledge and still go on a podcast and say, society doesn't like pussies. There is a million ways she could have said that. None of them contain the word pussy, but the fact she didn't give two fucks. <laughs> I was like, yes, finally. It kind of made me realize I'm not alone because I don't know if you've gathered, I don't give two fucks, really. But it was just a delight. And that, as I said, I can't stress enough how potty mouth in of itself isn't enough, but the fact it's backed up with actual knowledge and wisdom and insight and awareness just makes it like the complete package for me. So I was like, bravo, good. So go check out more episodes from her if you wish. Super intimate, um, very, she go, she talks about personal issues and how she's been, how she's been used by people like a peer group like obviously not every 23 year old is a graduate in, graduate in psychology but you can imagine how that would be almost desirable to non-psychologists like other 23 year olds who aren't studying psychologists that want to know why their boyfriend is treating them like dirt or why their girlfriend is treating them like dirt whatever they always just use they use Rochelle to, to be a crutch and, and she doesn't appreciate that. Like this, like, why is the only time you want to talk to me is when you want to use me for free therapy. And she's very personal and talks about how that really hurts her. And she uses the word, she uses the word haunting a lot. Like that, that's haunted her for the last two years. She feels worthless to people unless they're using her for her insight into psychology. So I'm going into a lot of depth here, but I just wanted to give, give the show a listen. You know, I love psychology. Psychology has been a theme of this podcast since since it began so you should understand why i was a interested to listen to this podcast but b why i'm a massive fan of her when i realize she doesn't give three fucks so honestly give the podcast a listen to because i know that a lot of you are into psychology as well because you we talk about it on twitter a lot so give it a listen let me know what you think and hopefully this will be one time when you're not when you're not prone to having shit taste because you sometimes don't agree with me and that is just not right so have a listen it's it's a joy and i just i i, I like the idea of rochelle becoming like a, a name a household name in psychology like i don't think there's any reason she can't be the next cool young psychologist because how many young sub 25 psychologists are they out there that speak in a very accessible, relatable way. Like the wannabe talent manager in me was thinking she could fuck, she could clean up. She could clean up because you've got your Dr. Phil, you've got your, you've got your Oprah, you've got all these crusties speaking to other crusties, but how many, how many knowledgeable professional psychologists are there that speak to millennials like early 20s i don't know there might be loads maybe i've just not looked very hard but i don't think there's any reason that rochelle can't be because she's bright she's intelligent she's articulate and she's funny but not ha 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 look at me how funny i am she's just funny she's a little bit dry so i was thinking like she could be that person and i'd love to see her on i'd love to see her on this morning now for my non-uk listeners this morning is the uk's biggest morning breakfast tv show presented by phil and holly and i quite like the idea of I quite like the idea of Phil coming out of a commercial break and, and, and this happening. Good 
And today we are joined by one of the newest and most popular names in psychology. And she's only 23 and she's causing, she's gone viral with her intelligence, with her wit and her straight talking. And she's called Rochelle. Hi, Rochelle. Hey, Phil. Thank you for having me. In fact, you know, I'm not going to do the American accent. Hi, Phil. Thank you for having me. So, Rochelle, you have a really unique, novel and refreshing angle on on society and who generally progresses faster and further in society. Would you like to just encapsulate in a headline what you believe about society? Well, Phil, ultimately, society doesn't like pussies. Pardon? Society doesn't like pussies, Phil. Doesn't you know, nobody likes pussy? I mean, you don't like pussy, Phil. What? You don't you don't like pussy, do you? Is 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 that a gay joke? <laughs> that's, that's, I can I ask you something. By the way, that's the end of the sketch. We've come out of the sketch now. This is CK. This is you and me. I was now. I wrote that joke about. Well, I say joke in inverted commas. I wrote that imaginary scene three day. I say wrote. I was walking home and I was just thinking, well, I'm going to talk about the podcast this week. Oh, I'm going to talk about Rochelle. Then I thought, well, how can I make that bit about Rochelle less shit? And I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll just put her on an episode of This Morning because that'd be funny. Okay, well, what can she say on This Morning? And then she can say the pussy joke and then she can then she can liken that to Phil. And then I thought, you can't make that joke. Then I thought, why can't you? Because it's not, because you just can't. But then the more I asked myself why I can't make that joke that I just made, I couldn't think of a justifiable reason. Because Phil is gay. So the chances are Phil does not like vaginas. And this, in a very neat way to conclude this episode, brings me back to what I guess has been a theme throughout this whole episode, is that are we overcorrecting? Because I guarantee I was overcorrecting myself when I wrote that, in inverted commas, joke three days ago, walking home. I thought, why can't you say that, Phil, you don't like pussy? Because he doesn't, in the same way I don't like cock. So why why can't I say, Phil, you don't like pussy? I mean, he has had it because he was married, but I suspect that was quite difficult for him because he wanted to be with a dude. And why shouldn't he be? If that's who he is, then good. But my question, and I'm going to leave you on this because seemingly this is another 50 plus... God, what is my problem? Who do I think I am? My question for you is, are we overcorrecting? More critically, is that gag that I just unleashed inappropriate or fair? I think it's fair because Phil prefers penis to vagina. So a joke highlighting that seems no less insipid than someone saying, CK, you don't like cock. I don't. Although, if you listen to the opening of this episode again, that's questionable. 